Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Middle, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. <laughs> bastard. You complete and utter bastard. <laughs> That's what you get for asking me if I'm ready to start. <laughs> I feel sorry for all of your dates because I think what I said was, are you ready to go in? And without any warning, bam, there it is. <laughs> No, that's not what you said. <laughs> Actually, what you said was, do you want to start? So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll take that as an invitation. <laughs> it's close enough for vampires. It's close enough for me. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> uh, the worst part was I was taking a drink of Guinness. And uh, about spewed. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to part four of Led Zeppelin 3 era's Led Zeppelin arc. <laughs> Yeah. Last time we talked, they had just finished recording at Headley Grange. Uh-huh. And had done a few things, a touring in Germany and the Bath Festival in Iceland and stuff. Yeah. We're about to embark on their North American tour, but they had to postpone it a bit because John Paul Jones stayed in England, in the UK, uh, to hang out with his very sick father. Oh, so like Deep Purple, they had to postpone the American tour because of illness. It just they, wasn't anybody in the band. They did. That's a good point. Ooh, I'd imagine. Yeah. Ooh, that's a drink, actually, because we're relating it back to a other episode that we have either put out or will put out soon. Both. <laughs> Both, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Episodes. That's, that's right. Because it's different. Damn. It seems like every time Deep Purple went to tour of the States, somebody got sick. <laughs> and we're not talking about dysentery. No. Maybe STDs. It was always a different person and a different sickness. <laughs> but somebody in the band was getting sick. It was pneumonia. Uh-huh. What's that cold sore doing? <laughs> no, like, we're, 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 so we're not talking about spinal tap. Spinal tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit, we really have to do that soon. Yes. Uh, anyway, because of the rescheduling and postponement of the North American tour, Jimmy used his time to mix the tapes. So he went to Sun Studios, where Elvis did a lot of work, but it wasn't available. So yeah. he went to Arden Studios in Memphis, and there he worked with Terry Manning. Oh, ah, I did. I, you know, the, uh, in the last episode, you couldn't remember Andy Johns' name, and when I was looking it up, I saw Terry Manning's name, too. It was mixed by Terry and Jimmy, and engineered by Jimmy, and also with Andy Johns while they were in England. Uh, Terry didn't get credit on first pressing, so Jimmy had them destroyed and remade them, costing quite a bit, just to get Terry some credit, showing Jimmy wasn't a lead wallet when it actually came to people getting the credit they deserved. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, it's very cool of Jimmy. And uh, due to the high number of requests, they made two masters. When asked to do the groove out message, which would be the messages in, you know, you have I don't know how you explain it. You know, the grooves with the, the needles and the groove out and stuff. And, you know, when it yeah, goes yeah, as, as Yeah, as you near the end of the side, the, the, the groove continues farther in towards the middle until the, till it hits that spot the needle has to pick up. Right. But you can put little messages in the spot that doesn't yeah. have audio recording. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy chose, so mote be and do what thou wilt on one. And then uh -huh. on the second master set, it was love is the law and love under will. Yes. Which come directly from Alistair uh, on Crowley. The first one, I, yeah, I was going to say, I know the first set was Crowley. I, did, I couldn't remember about the second one. Yep, yeah, both. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. And it did take people a bit of time to pick up on these engravings, and that's when people started looking for backward masking. 
<laughs> okay, don't get started on that. No, I, I, I've already started notes on an episode for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I mean, just don't, I'm not going to start to rant on this episode. Okay, well, perfect. Um, but I will go on with Crowley a bit, just to say that we've talked about he's probably going to get his own episode. Yeah. Uh, and there's more that will overlap due to these engravings with Jimmy. But I, I did want to mention that Jimmy opened a bookstore called Equinox in the 19, early 1970s. Uh, because mm-hmm. nobody else had good things, which probably means that Jimmy kept the best for himself and sold the other things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I could actually find a few different dates, not mm-hmm. specific, but sort of timelines. And they're all early 1970s. The months are changed, so like it's hard to tell. But uh, as mentioned before, Jimmy read a vast array of such teachings. Yes. But he did appreciate and use the manifestation of intent and even possibly sex magic. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the rumors of him selling his soul and sacrificing goats ramped up around this time, and Peter Grant would start to use these rumors to intimidate people at the record company to get their way, because he'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy's going to probably be coming back from his sacrifice, and people would be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was also around this time, and we've mentioned this in the Nessie episode. Woo! Yeah. Another episode uh, where Jimmy bought Bullskin House, formerly mm-hmm. owned by Crowley, and we'll get into that in the, the Crowley episode, except I will say evidently Jimmy never spent more than six weeks here or so, but he did like driving around his little area with the, the car where they had stag antlers on the front. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> ah, it is. Sorry, I had to get my drink in there for the hearkening back to a previous episode. Yeah. But now... Now we can talk about the North American Tour, Tour 6, Summer, Autumn of 1970. Yay! There we go. See? <laughs> now we're back on track. <laughs> I, I actually was, wasn't even thinking about the fact that I'd been doing that in the previous episode talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, if you remember. Just, you, you said it and it came out. Yay! <laughs> oh, speaking of which, are you still... Uh, Drinking your dragon's milk. I had just finished it, actually. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Here on this tour, to, to try to stay on target, <laughs> <laughs> they introduced an acoustic set that had Jimmy on acoustic Martin uh, guitar brand. Yes. Uh, Jones on mandolin and Plant on tambourine and vocals. It was, and it's, that's sad because I know Robert can play the guitar. <laughs> yeah, especially during this time, he really started to get a lot better. Between three and four, he started to really get very good on the guitar and and even like <laughs> drums and stuff yeah no robert you just play the tambourine <laughs> <laughs> just just take the tambourine and bang it hippie <laughs> <sighs> I, I always felt sad for bonham too when i would read these things until i read further and this mm-hmm. is where he got to go off stage and start to get even more plowed than he already was. <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, so uh jimmy would, would change his solos up and not that anybody here has ever heard. I mean, we may have a few friends who were in bands with us or listened to us play in high school and college. For those of you, and now for everybody else, the reason why I never played the same solo twice was mostly 90% because I read these things that Jimmy would change his solos. Like he re- recorded some, but then he would add things like snippets from Simon and Garfunkel songs or Box Loose Suite. <laughs> yeah. But the other 10% is because I didn't want to be bothered by 
doing the exact same damn song each time. What was it? I was I was reading somebody talked about that and they said as long as you get the structure of the solo and hit certain key notes. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows or cares. And that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I get bored. I don't want to play the same damn solo every time. I already have to play the chords the same every time. Yep. Bored, Carl. I'm bored. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't Carl, that bitch. I'm not going to say who it was, but we referenced him in the last Led Zeppelin episode. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they started on <laughs> to, get, to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they started August 10th in Hampton, Virginia with the list set that you can find online. I'm not going to read it. Um, even though I've got it typed out here. Some will say that the tour started on August 5th in New Haven, Connecticut. But again, those people are wrong because others say the 10th and the official Led Zeppelin website says, dear people, you're fucking stupid. Oh, no, sorry. It just says that it started on the 10th. And I, I'm the one who said they're fucking stupid. Sorry. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and the same bios that got the dates wrong say that the 15th was a full moon, trying to make it seem like they started on a full moon. Ooh. Full moon hey, hey, hey. in August 1970 was on the 16th. Anyway, uh, they played various other concerts in August, New Haven, Kansas City, all the way through Milwaukee, some can Canadian shows. Uh, but I'd like to point out that the Cleveland show on the 26th started three hours early so Jonesy could fly home for his father's funeral. Oh, yeah, they started late so he could stay with him, and then he ended up dying while they were on the tour after all. Hmm. They they actually did some encores after Jonesy left, and they uh, had a local female bass player come in and take his place. Nice. Yep, can't find her name, but really cool. <laughs> yeah. On a positive note, because I know in a previous episode we've talked about family members and stuff and how Jonesy had two. This year, his youngest daughter, Kara, is born. Uh, another sad note, Jimmy lost his Les Paul. Oh, the black one? The, the black Les Paul at the Winnipeg uh, show on August 29th. It never got to him from the airplane. The black beauty. Yeah. It <sighs> was, uh, it was, um, most Les Pauls have two pickups. This one had three, if I remember right. And it had that Tremelo bar on it, which is also not necessarily standard on a Les Paul. Yeah, that is not stock. Well, yeah. I don't know about now. now it wasn't. Yeah. Now, somebody, didn't that get returned to him recently, like within the last 10 years or so? Yep. Yeah. Sure did. I, I don't know the time frame, but yeah, he's he's got it in recent memory. Yeah. Because I, I remember he was really happy to get that one back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no doubt. It's a part of history. Yeah. Ready for move, move on? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, September played half a dozen shows. During the September shows in California, they stayed at the Continental Hyatt, also known as the Riot Hotel. <laughs> I, was, I was watching Monty Python Conquers America today, and they were talking about the first time they went to L.A. And they stayed, and, and, and Eric Idle said, we stayed at the Continental Riot House, know, yep. which is where all the rock bands stayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were rock, they, rock. They were, yeah. Comedians. They were rock stars, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it might not have been a rock band, but they were rock stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that with Monty Python. Yeah. I'm going to see, let's see, can I do the Jody impersonation of John Cleese doing an impersonation of a French person? Monty <laughs> Python flying circus. <laughs> that sounds better than mine. <laughs> oh, I was trying to imitate you, so yours must have been okay too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
They would get new rooms because of food all over the walls and beds, so constantly have to keep moving. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you could have done was me doing my imitation of, you could have done an imitation of me doing an imitation of John Cleese doing an imitation of Robert Plant doing the yell in Immigrant Song. I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drink Guinness. You do it if you'd like. No, that's all right. Because then I'd have to do an imitation of you doing an imitation of me <laughs> doing an imitation of John Cleese doing an imitation of Robert Plant. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put a cloth over the mirror so the reflection stops. <laughs> I'm using Jimmy's will of intention to stop this now. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's too much work for anybody, so let's just move on. <laughs> but now, now, challenge accepted. That will be in episode five. <laughs> this argument <laughs> an imitation of you doing an imitation of me doing an imitation of you doing an imitation of john cleese doing an imitation of robert plant doing the opening immigrant song oh uh, yep so getting that ready bastard <laughs> well i know you posted on facebook if anybody wants me to get james to do something all i have to do is say no i'm not doing it because it's too much work <laughs> no i didn't do that <laughs> yeah anyway yeah uh, i'm gonna take a drink because i'm gonna say moving on <laughs> uh, i'm out of beer uh-huh. Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I could get up and start drinking whiskey or rum, but I don't want to. <laughs> you could, or you could drink whiskey and rye, but that could be the day that you die. Yeah, I'd rather go to the levee, even if don't, it's dry. Just, just don't fuck the fruit dessert like American pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> the fan... <laughs> <laughs> would make interviewers go insane by the ones not being interviewed still just hanging around and laughing and interrupting and answering questions while somebody else is being asked. I <laughs> couldn't have anything to do with their relationship with, you know, the critics could. <laughs> not a relationship with critics or the media or just being bored out of your skull and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I have no doubt that if one of our bands we were in in their early 20s had ever made it, mm-hmm. if we were being interviewed, Greg would have probably came out masturbating. Uh, I don't know about Greg, but Dale might. <laughs> I, was like, I was actually wondering if they'd have a pony race. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> anyway, on September 4th, <laughs> they joined Fairport Convention on stage at the convention show after their Inglewood after Zeppelin's Inglewood show. And uh, Robert Bonzo had actually known and played with bassist David Pegg previously in other bands. Uh, David Pegg had started with Fairport Convention on the band's fourth album in 1970. Is he any relation to Simon? Uh, great-grandfather. Okay. I'm, I'm lying. I don't fucking know. I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> and we have mentioned them, uh, the Fairport Convention, in some of our folk music episodes. Yes. Uh, especially their Legion Leaf album. Yeah. Uh, Zepp would also play at the Who during this tour, jumping up on stage and playing with the other band. And it was uh-huh. during this time, speaking of playing with others, it was during this time that Jimmy helped Roy Harper with guitar work and a solo on the same old rock from Roy's Stormcock album. Cool. Cool. Uh, I actually listened to the whole album as I was making these notes, and you can definitely tell that particular song has a big Jimmy Page influence on it, a Led Zeppelin feel. 
Nice. Yeah, I think it's got like four songs on the whole album. It's a fairly short album. Uh, it's also during this time, to keep moving on. <laughs> that moving on up? To the east side. <laughs> to the deluxe apartment. To deluxe apartment in the sky. Sky high. <laughs> Listen, honky. <laughs> anyway. During this time, Jimmy also recorded a bit with Screaming Lord Such for his Heavy Friends album that nobody knew was going to be released, and Jimmy and Jeff Beck, among others, were extremely upset about because it wasn't really mixed properly, and so the sound's horrible. <laughs> I, I think mix is probably the one of many things that was supposedly wrong with that album. Wait, yeah, they're supposed to be I have not like listened to it. Thing. I know. Um, oh, I have. Yeah. Um, I think Richie Blackmore was on it too. Of course, Blackmore had been in Screaming Lord Such. He'd, he'd been in the band. So Yeah, he'd been in the band. And, and Jimmy had actually played with him before on his uh, 64 album, I'm in Love with a Monster Man. Ah, cool. So they, they all knew each other. Yeah. yeah. Weren't they just planning on it sort of being a sort of practice, let's write a bit and see where it goes type of thing to help you out? I don't know. I've read a little bit about the album and most of what I took away from what I read was how bad it was. <laughs> Which uh, surpri- is surprising considering the number of people that helped out that i mean jeff beck jimmy page richie blackmore you know john bonham john bonham's on it yeah you know which is kind of why i do want to check it out but i think uh noel redding from uh jimmy hendrix experience oh yeah and so i'll be honest it's not bad like you if you listen to it you won't think it's good but considering how trashy the the mixing and engineering was it's it's still not bad because of the abilities of the people on it I don't know that I'm going to buy it, but if I can find a way to check it out. <laughs> I think it's on Spotify. Is it? I'm going to have to look it up then. Uh, it's either that or I just listen to it through YouTube or something. I'm going to jump forward September 16th then. Where they okay, went. don't hurt yourself. I limbered up beforehand. Ah, stretches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, uh, they went back to the UK <laughs> for a party because they had won UK's Melody. Melody? They had won UK's Melody Maker Best Band. Well, why am I not surprised? I know. Uh, Robert actually won male vocalist. Deservingly so. Yep. And Sandy Denny won female vocalist. Nice. They dethroned the Beatles as best all over, uh, which had been winning constantly for a while, but it did probably help that the Beatles were all but done with their final album being released in early May 1970, and they'd already broken up. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it. And on September 19th, back in the United States, they ended their tour in New York at the Madison Square Garden with two shows. Actually, same day, September Yay! 19th, they did an afternoon and an evening show. So if you're wondering why I said one day, that, that, that is why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, a lot of bands don't do that anymore. I've never actually, in my like, since I've been going to concerts, I've never even seen that. I don't know how far into the 70s that kind of thing still went. But, I, you know, I know Zeppelin did it quite a bit. And... Um, I know from looking at Kiss's tour history, they did several shows like that where they'd pay, they'd play play a set, and then later on that evening they'd play another set. So, I also wonder Zeppelin didn't have openers by this time; they just went in and played by themselves. So they they can set up their stage show as it is, and it just stays yeah. up. Two shows isn't a big deal, but when you have right. two or three bands, you're gonna have to take things up and back down and up and down and up and yeah. I don't know what I don't. That just came to my head. I have no idea how much has to do with it. Uh, but yeah, just to finish this out. <laughs> uh huh. 
uh, want to point out that their evening show included some more medleys, so a little longer thing, which included Train Kept the Rolling. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to point that one out. And uh, Out on the Tiles from their new album, which wasn't always played. This was originally slated for June 27th for a $200,000 payout, but this is the one they turned down for the Bath Festival. Uh-huh. They didn't get that same payout, but tickets went for seven fifty each. It's a capacity sellout of a $22,000 capacity stadium for both shows. So that's 165000 per show, and Zep got 100000 of that. So he still did pretty well. Yeah. And just for context, and because Robert paid tribute to him during the shows, Jimi Hendrix had just passed away the day before on September 18th, 1970. Oh, yeah. I knew there was something, because you said the 19th, and I thought, there's something around there that's... Yep. Anyway, that is what I have for this round. Sounds good to me. Cool. Yep. Next one will be the album itself. Yay! Talk about the songs. We'll mention the critics being assholes. (laughs) What else is new? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nothing new under the sun at all. (laughs) But you have nothing else? I have nothing else. All right, then. In that case, next time is something coming up. I don't know, but the next Zeppelin one will be like in a month. Um, So on that note, (laughs) a note of Jody imitating James, imitating Jody, imitating John Cleese, imitating Robert Plant, doing the immigrant song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) You're, You're more than welcome. Uh, on that screechy ass motherfucking note <laughs> <coughs> damn that hurt <laughs> uh, I'm James <laughs> I'm Jody we'll talk to you later bye The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors all rights reserved stay tuned for some fun outtakes yes uh, I was making sure you're still there <laughs> That's my boss. I was always I actually had to yawn Oh. I didn't want to do it right in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on target. Stay you on target. I was trying to resist the urge to do that. <laughs> so was I. I finally gave in and said, fuck it. We haven't done it for a while. <laughs> uh, fuck off, Red Leader. October 31st, 2020 is going to be a full moon. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it's the second full moon of the month. Ooh, so it's a blue moon. It's a blue moon on a Saturday on Halloween. And I don't know what COVID's going to do, but I'm still celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I actually, actually I, I saw somebody, a friend of mine down here, posted a couple of weeks ago on Facebook that uh, <laughs> Halloween was going to be canceled because of COVID. And I said, no, Halloween is not canceled. Trick-or-treating might be canceled. Might be. <laughs> you know what, though? Halloween is not canceled. <laughs> Kids are going to be walking around in masks. I'll happily keep a mask on. I will video myself putting candy out in the front yard under the UV of the sun all day long and then not touching it with anything but gloved hands until the kids come so everybody knows it's perfectly safe. Yeah. Halloween, damn it. You, you know what? You know what I'm going to do for Halloween this year? I'm going to buy a bunch of candy cigarettes to give out. Because <laughs> 2020 is bad enough that kids deserve cigarettes. <laughs> you know what sucks? We're talking about Halloween. This isn't going to come out till after Halloween. This is episode four. <laughs> That's got an interesting story behind it too. <laughs> yeah, um, I. Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That was a short rant. I, well, I was trying to keep it that way. <laughs> the little bit of Guinness I have left appreciates it. <laughs>